You guys are quiet this morning. Come on, somebody. Okay, somebody, somebody's got to get a little loud. So, woo. My wife won't be getting loud today. So. All right, I need you guys to turn to Numbers for me. We're going to read the whole book today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, turn to Numbers 33. The first thing it says is these are the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt at the hand of Moses and Aaron. Um, I normally don't give any titles to my messages and it really messes up Jordan when he tries to do the podcast. So I'm not a guy that titles everything I do, but today I've actually titled this and it's called Stages But Not Stain. How many of you guys know there's stages in our life? We have our adolescent life. We have our teen life, which is just awkward and weird sometimes. Um, You know, our kids, have, I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. Layla had that awkward stage. And there was an awkward stage when she was a younger kid. And it was like, smile for your pictures. And she'd smile like, nope, 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 don't smile. Because it was that really, I'm, I'm forcing a smile. And it was all like, you know, you're like, oh, no, no. And so you tried to catch her with a normal smile and not trying to focus on smiling. Because it was all like, you know, Elvis lift up, teeth all on that side, no teeth there. And, and, and you know, there's stages in our kid's life when we watch stages um, in our own lives too, you know, our kids, they start as babies and then they work their way up and, and then they go into that, that, that area between teen and preteen where they're kind of awkward and gangly and they, you know, they got arms and feet are growing and their feet are too big and they, and they look like they're wearing flippers for shoes and, and there's stages and as we grow, there's stages in our own lives too. We have a journey that we all go through. Our kids start on a journey from the moment they're born. We help lead them through a journey until they're an adult. And then they start on their own to, to finish that journey. And, but everybody has stages in their life. Everybody has moments and, and times and years and uh, months and days and hours or whatever it is that they go through certain things. And those certain things um, set up as a reminder in our lives. Whether it was a good time or a bad time, we all remember those stages in our life where it was like, okay, this wasn't a good part of my life. These couple months of my life was hard or this year was hard in my life. And the children of Israel went through stages. And what's really cool about this, and I'm not going to read all this. I I could if you really wanted to, but I don't think you really want me to. Um, I want you guys to read this when you get home and later on this week, this is the stages of every stage that the children of Israel went through to get to the promised land. And it starts out and it says, now Moses wrote down their starting points of their journeys at the command of the Lord. And these are the journeys according to their starting points. So children of Israel, they leave. The Egyptians are basically begging them to leave. Please leave. Here's our gold. Here's animals. Here's whatever it is. Get out. We don't want you here. After that many plagues and that much death, I, I wouldn't want them there either. So they, they move them out and they basically leave. And it says they departed in verse 3. They departed from Ramesses in the first month of the 15th day of the first month. On that day after Passover, the children of Israel went out with boldness in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had killed among them. Also on their gods, the Lord had executed judgment. Then the children of Israel moved from Ramesses and camped at Succoth. So 
we see there's a starting point of their journey. There's a starting point in every one of our, our, our life. There's a stage that they started. There, there was a, a moment where Moses said, pack up your crap, we're leaving. You know, we say that to our kids. You know, we're all, we're somewhere and for the weekend or family's house and we do the circle up, let's get all the kids together and leave. That's what Moses did. He's, you know, but it's a few more than what we have. And so he, he, circ- he gets all the people together and he says, we're leaving. This is the first stage. And the Lord said, write it down, write down what you are going through. Because God wanted the children of Israel to remember where they had come from and where they were going. Remember the different stages in their journey. God had them on the stages of their journey to reach the promised land and God directed them to move and they moved. So we see God and he's, he's working through Moses and Aaron, leading the children of Israel onto that journey of where they're supposed to be heading. Again, it didn't always go the way they wanted it to. If you look at their journey, they were going from Egypt to Israel. It's not that far of a journey. If you really think about it, it's, 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 a, you know, it's a decent length of, of travel, but it wasn't that big of a journey. They didn't have to cross a lot of the things that they did, but God moved them because they weren't ready for that area. They could have gone straight up from Israel and gone right through the, the land of the Philistines, right up into their land. But God knew the moment that they left Egypt to go right straight through the land of the Philistines, they weren't ready to take on that part of their journey. They, um, God brought them, instead of taking them straight up and, and over, God made them go around, across the Red Sea. There's a stage there, reminded them what happened, and then go back up and, and go around. Because God had delivered them, but they weren't, as a people, ready to take on um, nationhood, I guess you could say. They weren't organized in, in a way of being able to take on the things that God wanted them to take on. If you look, they had many different battles. They had many different areas. But if you guys skip down and it says, um, verse 8 says, they departed before, um, don't know how to pronounce it, Heroth, and passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness, went three days' journey into the wilderness of Etham and camped at Marah. They moved from Marah and came into Elam. At Elam, 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there. So they went from out of the, and again, this is not day by day. This is periods of time. Um, they went from walking through, out of Egypt into the desert. And then says they moved from Marah and came into Elam. If you look at the children of Israel, God moved them in stages. He gave them a cloud by day and fire by night. We always think, oh, it was just to keep them warm at night when they slept. No, it wasn't. How many of you guys know it's easier to move in the cover of darkness than it is in the day when you're not quite prepared to fight battles? So God was moving them daytime, nighttime. When he wanted them to move, they moved. It wasn't just like, oh, the pillar of fire is here. Everybody camp out. We're going to all camp around it and it's going to stay warm. It wasn't, meant for, it wasn't meant to be just that. It was God saying, okay, you're going to move in the day. You're going to move in the night. You're going to move in the morning. You're going to move in the evening. When, it's, when I want you to move, you're going to move. 
It wasn't just, well, you know, hey, we, we move from 6 a.m. and we, at 5 p.m. We, we stop for the day and we just camp out. No, it wasn't that way. God said, you move, and when I tell you to stop, when I tell Moses you need to stop, he says, stop, and you stop. When God says it's time to move, he's not going to give you time to think about it. He just says it's time to move. Think about this. You know, the children of Israel are camped out, and everybody's like, oh, we got, they're, you know. Basically, Moses told them, don't put down roots. Do not put down tent stakes. Do not put down roots to, to, to make this permanent. He goes, because he knew that God wasn't, they didn't know where they were going. You know, they're, they're wandering in, in around mountains and in and out of valleys, and, and they have this idea of where they're going, but they don't know because God is leading them. And while he's leading them, he, he's working on their character. As a, as a people, as individuals, he's saying, you know what? You're going to come up to the standard that I have for you. These stages are not just stages of, of you moving to different places. These are stages of growth in, in your personal life, in their personal lives, and as a, as, the, um, as a nation to become holy like God wanted them to be. So when God says to them, move, they moved. Can you imagine that one guy? Oh, I don't really feel like moving. And they move and he wakes up the next morning and goes, where'd they go? And so he ha- you know that happened to somebody. They didn't move, and they're like, oh, they didn't move. And everybody else is gone. They're like, uh, okay. So when God says to move, you move or you get left behind. Nobody wants to get left behind. It's like that, you know, um, when you're in the store, if you come from a big family or have lots of kids that come, it's like, do I have everybody? By the time you hit the exit, you're just looking to make sure that everybody's there. And you're like, okay, do I have everybody? Nobody's hiding in a clothes rack. They're not already in a, you know, hiding in the shopping cart. You look for them to make sure that when you leave, nobody gets left behind. And I remember uh, as a kid, we were in the store and my brother wandered off one time. Just, he was looking at toys or whatever he was doing. And, and we started getting ready to leave. And where's, where's he at? Where's David? Kmart shoppers, hello. You know, and, and we're looking for someone who got left behind. And, and in our personal lives and in their lives, God was saying, you move with me because when you move with me, there's grace and there's provision when you move with me. How many of you guys know when you get left in the store and your mom and dad leave, you lose provision of getting home. You need to find your own way home. So he's moving them through the wilderness. He's moving them through stages of stopping in, in areas and stopping in, in um, valleys and, and cities and saying, okay, this is what you're going... He's working on them during those area, in, in those areas. You know, they learn to move or get left behind. Turn to Exodus for me. 15. All right, Exodus 15, verse 27, excuse me. It says, and then they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees with dates. So they camped there by the waters. How many of you know that's pretty good? 
We, uh, we were up north um, yesterday, and we were driving by Indian River, and all of a sudden, we're, I'm like, artesian well! And I whip a Yui, and, I, and I'm like, we go back. And there's this lady, and this water comes out at 46 degrees. These people that own the house up the hill, they had literally set it up years ago as a gift to the community because they had an artesian well. And so they, they've got this artesian well that they, they funneled down and made a, like a little well-looking thing with a, the funnel or the little pore spout that comes out. And so we pull up. I'm like, oh, good. We can fill our water bottles. And we get there, and there's this lady, and she's got a, um, two dogs in the back, and she's got uh, jugs of water, and she's literally filling up all her water. She'd come up to a spring that was pure and, and full of life, and she was getting water because she knew it was good water. Artesian wells aren't bad water. Artesian wells are usually pure water and are clean, they're crisp, and it was 46 degrees. And there's a little plaque that says it's 46 degrees, and this is a gift from these people to the community. And so I was thinking about that, and I'm like, okay, they, Elam, they, they're brought into Elam, and there are 12 wells. There's fresh water. There's fresh life-giving water there for them to drink in the desert. It's an oasis in, in the desert uh, of... And the stage that they're in is, we're in an oasis. And what was really cool is, you know, I was, I w- we were filling up our water bottles and the kids are drinking out of like a drinking fountain and the, and the dog wants to drink out of it. And, and, and people are lining up behind us to get into this, into this artesian well. Because what is it? It's an oasis. It's a place of fresh water. It's a place of, of purity that they know they can drink this and it's not going to cause problems. It's not like drinking that well water that comes out and it looks a little like reddish or brownish when you pull it out of the faucet. You're like, no, I don't want to drink that. Um, So they were spending time in Elam. They had food. They had dates. I don't really like dates, but hey, if you got dates and that's all you got, that's what you got. Um, And they had fresh water. 12 wells where these million plus people could draw water from daily and not have to worry about where are we going to get water from? Well, we're we, we waiting for God to provide water for us every day. You know, is Moses going to you know, talk to, the, to uh, throw a stick in the well, is it, or in the water? Is it going to turn from bitter to sweet? They're not having to worry about it because everything's provided for them. So they're, they're, they're sitting in this oasis of, of almost perfection for them. They're thinking, this is the promised land. This is great. This is, this is what we want, you know? You know, there's one guy, they get there, he goes, we're in the promised land. And Moses is like, no, we're not. You know, he's shaking his head like, no, this is a stage for you to get there. But this is God's provision in this time for you to restore before you leave. How many of you guys know that God, when you're in that stage, God's not going to leave you and not restore you before he moves you to the next stage. The next stage is always going to be you going into something fresh. God's not going to be like, oh, well, they're beat down, they're worried, they're, and well, I'm going to give them another stage to work on. No, he's going, to, he's going to bring you out of something and restore you so that when you go into the next stage, you have energy to move through what you're going through. So my wife likes to take baths, and these baths can last three hours. Um, sometimes she drops her book in the, in the tub, um, Sometimes, you know, like she was in the tub yesterday and I w- she goes, hand me that book. And the book's just like, 
you can tell it's been red in the tub because there's like water marks on it. And it's just like, you know, how pages get and they start to curl. And, and I'm like, I just looked at it and I just shook my head and, and laughed because it was funny. She's like, dry my hands off and give me the book. I'm like, okay. And so I was thinking about that. And Elam is kind of like a bath. Elam was a place of rest- restoration and peace for that moment. But how many of you guys know that bath water always doesn't stay at 100 plus degrees? It eventually gets cold and cold and cold. And then it's like, I'm just floating in cold grime. Uh, and Sarah loves bath, but she knows she can't stay there forever. <laughs> she would try, but the kids would probably be on the door. Mom, 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 we need you. And... But Elam was a place of rest and provision for that moment, for that period of time for God to restore them and say, fill your bellies, get hydrated, rest a little while, give your animals water, and then let's move on. It had what they needed for that season and that stage in their their journey. But what God was saying to them is don't settle in that stage. Don't settle in that stage of your journey. As Christians, uh, Christianity is is a lot like this in some people's mindset. I got to get you saved and then we're done. You're on your way to heaven and that's the entire Christian life and that's not what it is. The entire Christian life is stages of growth and understanding and revelation until you become, what does Hebrews say? It says, mature. So in our life, we can't stay the same. We can't stay in Elam and just laying in your hammock, having somebody feed you dates with a palm, you know. You know we can't stay that way. It sounds great and it looks great, but I don't want to stay there because eventually the wells dry up and the dates are gone. There's a season for dates, and then when they're gone, what are you going to do? So don't settle in a place that God is having you rest in because rest is sent to you by God. And there's seasons where God says you need to rest. But don't settle in that because God is saying, I'm going to bring you into rest, but don't rest where I've asked you to settle for, or not, excuse me, don't settle where I've asked you to rest. If we settle where God has asked us to rest, then he's like, I've got more for you. You've got a longer journey. But our maturity says, you know, uh, in our own minds, we say, well, well, I'm saved. I've, you know, I've been saved. I I led one person to the Lord. I'm a mature believer. (laughs) We've got to step beyond that point in our walk with God and say, you know what? I'm born again. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I keep growing, keep growing. Because how many of you guys know the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit don't all just show up instantly once we get born again? We grow, and there's stages of those growing in our life. We have to grow in our walk with God because all the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit don't instantly become fully mature and fully manifested in our life until we go through stages of growth in God. So if we settle in a place that God's saying rest, we pitch our tent, we pound the stakes into the ground, we... uh, set up a corral for our goats and our sheep and our donkeys and everybody else is getting ready to leave and they're like, and you're like, 
I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to eat these dates. They're still producing. I love it. And everybody else is like, you know what? That's not going to last. The, the, po- the point of rest that God gives you is a temporary season for you to move on. Rest is a momentary season, a, momentary of to- a moment of time that God says to you, rest, let me work on you, and then move on. If God wanted you to settle, you'd know if he wanted you to settle. There's times in our life where it's like, okay, we, we come into a stage and it's like, why am I here? I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I came here, where I got, how I got here, but I'm here. And there's going to be some stages that we are like, I don't know why I'm here. But we should be able to understand where God is leading us. We should all be able to hear the voice of God. We should all be able to understand his timing and his seasons for our life. And Romans 8, 14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So if we're led by the Spirit of God, we're the children of God. That means we can hear his voice in the season we're in, in the place that we're in. So that way, when he says, I need you to rest now, season of rest, and just to let you know a season of rest, a season. You know, listen, we're not going to do a five years of rest or three years of rest or two years of rest. God's saying, I'm going to give you a season, which is a a period of time that's usually not forever and you're going to rest and then you're going to move on. But when we rest and we say, man, this is good. I think I'm just going to settle here. What do we do? We settle. We settle for what we have instead of what we could have. So when God is telling us to move, we will be led by the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit tells us to move because we are children of God, we will be able to understand his voice, hear his voice, and move from that place of rest from Elam to the next area. So when it's time to move, what do you do? You move. When you don't move, what happens? You get left behind. I wouldn't want to be a group of people, a small group of people, saying, you know, we're just going to settle in Elam. And we're going to let everybody else go because if they all leave, we got enough food and water here to, to sustain us. But as soon as you move away, you, what happens is you're alone. You're alone. You're by yourself. Whether it's 50 people or 100 people, you're still out on your own. Because you've moved away from the moving of God and saying, you know, I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to stick with the, 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 pill, uh, the cloud by day and the fire by night. I'm going to stick with that because that's where God's presence is. That's where he's moving us. Well, it's just nice here, you know. I'm just going to stick here. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to rest. We're going to put up everything here. We're going, to, we're going to settle here. And God says, no, you stick with me and I'll move you to something greater. But if you settle here, this is what you get. How many of you guys know that, 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 that little oasis always doesn't have that fruit, always doesn't have that water? Because there's a season for fruit. If I could find a tree that produced fruit all year round, I'd be a millionaire. But you're not going to have your provision in a... If you settle in a place where there's rest, your provision will not be there. 
Because there's provision for that period of rest, but God says, let's move on from there. Turn to 1 Kings for me. This is a perfect example. 1 Kings 17. Start at 17. Um, This is Elijah. And God basically tells him, go to Ahab and Jezebel and say, God is saying there's going to be a drought. So he goes to them and says, this is the word of the Lord. This is God's word for you today, Ahab and Jezebel. There is going to be a drought. It will not rain. So then in verse 2, it says, Then the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide in the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed at the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. That's pretty good. I don't know what kind of meat. I'm like, okay, they're bringing me like, you know, you know, like barbecue chicken. Are they bringing me, what, what are they bringing me? I mean, are, is this pre-prepared food? Are they bringing me like Oscar Mayer lunch meat so I can make sandwiches with that? What, or, I mean, is this pre-prepared food or do I have to cook it, God? I mean, you're providing, you know, that's, in my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, you know, how, how, how much provision are we talking? Are we talking raw stuff and I have to cook it? Or are we talking, you know, like, hey, you got the good stuff for me already and I don't have to mess with it. So he says, go and you will be taken care of. This is a stage for Elijah because there's no rain for years and he needs to drink and he needs to eat. And God says, you know what? I'm going to take you to a place and you're going to be provided for. I mean, the birds are literally bringing him food. I just think of like the birds bringing those little cheddar biscuits. (laughs) And, you know, and, and so he's literally sitting there, and in the morning, food's there. In the evening, food's there. I don't think you can ever, you know, the only time you see birds bringing people food is in like the Disney story. So you got to know that this is God bringing him food if the ravens every day, twice a day, are bringing him the provision that he needs. So he's there, and he's eating, and he's drinking, and he's healthy, and he's staying there. But then what happens? In verse 7, it says what? It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So this was a stage for Elijah. He's staying out of sight, out of mind from Ahab and Jezebel because he basically said there's not going to rain. And they're like, off with his head. Let's kill him. And so he goes to the brook. He's hiding there. He's resting there. God's bringing him his provision. But then what happens? It says the brook dried up and got in that That's God saying, move. Because if you stay at that brook, you're going to go hungry and you're going to go thirsty and you're going to die. God told him to go to the brook and then the brook dried up. But I want you guys to listen to this. Verse 8, Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. So the moment that everything dries up at the brook, God says, go. The word of the Lord comes to him and says, go here and your provision will be here. Go here and I will take care of you here. Verse 
So he's, he's being provided for. He's got that, that stage and that season where he sits at that brook and he is literally being fed and then it dries up, but the word of the Lord comes to him and God speaks to him and says, go this, to this area. Go to this woman and she will feed you. Everything was supplied for that stage and that, of that season that he was in. And when that season dried up and when that season and that stage ended, that season was over, but God already had given him the next area, the next stage that he needed to be in. Human beings like to be comfortable. We like comfort. We like to... This is where I, what I do. This is how I do it. And, and, and actually, our comfort turns into control. Our comfort turns into, well, I like it this way, so this is the only way that I'm going to do it because this is how I like it. And, and our comfort, the way it comforts us to do it that way, so it becomes control. And what happens is, is God's saying, you know what? Your comfort is causing you to miss that stage. You guys ever been in a, in a season and it, you, you, it's like, okay, that's a great season. And then the season changes and you're like, this isn't any good anymore. My question to you guys is this, are you still at the brook? Are you guys still at the brook? I'm in a stage or I'm in a season that I shouldn't be in because God's told me to move, but I haven't moved. Are you still wondering where the meat and the bread is? It's like the children of Israel, when they, when they crossed into the promised land, the manna stopped. You know, there's that one guy going, stepping back on the other side of the line going, where's the manna? You know, it, it, there was a cutoff point for God's provision for that season. He's saying, you know what? Man is done. You're in the land of milk and honey. Everything you need is provided for you. But you know there was some people going, I still like that manna. Where is that manna? I want that manna. So they were going back, trying to go back into the other season to get manna, which they had so relied upon and been provided for them. Now God said, oh, go take care of what, take what you ha- I have given you and take care of it because now you have soil, you have vineyards, you have grain, you have everything you need to live a full life. So are you guys stuck in that season? Is there a season of your life that you're like, man, God told me to move and I'm stuck in this season because it was comfortable. It was, it was something that was supposed to be rest, but now it's, I've camped out here. I've made a fort here. I've put down roots here. I've planted crops here, but it's not where I should have been. We have seasons of rest, but don't let it be permanent. Don't let it be something that is permanent. God says, rest for a season and get up and move. I had a guy ask me one time, this was oh, six years ago. He goes, how do you do everything you do? Work a full-time job, run all this, and all this other stuff. I said, I don't know, take a nap on Sunday? He's like, that's it? He's like, how do you keep up with it? I said, I don't know, take a nap on Sunday. When God has you doing something, he will give you the, the power and the energy and what you need to go through that, that time and that season but when that season's over with God says, okay, it's time to move, and you say, well, I kind of liked it here. Can I, a little while longer, a little, 
a little more water, a little more meat, a little more figs, a little more well, less traveling through the wilderness to the next spot. We cannot let our seasons of rest become stages of, and our, our, excuse me, our seasons of rest and our stages become something that is permanent because when it becomes permanent, it becomes your last point that you're saying, this is my stopping point. As Christians, we can't stop. We have to continue to grow. I was talking to my wife last night when we were driving home and we were looking at all these old houses and she said, I don't ever, and I said to her, She's like, it just looks like an old person's house. I said, I never want our house to, to stay in a single spot. I don't want our house to look like that for 30 years. I don't want my house to have the same pictures up for 30 years. I want, yes, I'm going to have certain pictures, but I want my house to be constantly changing because my life is constantly changing. I don't want my life to stay at, at 65 is my cutoff point of I'm not going to change anything. My, my, my house is going to look the same. My, I'm going to buy the same car. I'm going to buy that Buick Saber every, every three years for the next, next year. My grandma did that. Every year she had a Buick Saber. She had Buick Saber since I can remember as a child. They came out with the lacrosse and she was angry. She's like, this is not my Saber. And I, and I was like, grandma, but it's got all these. And, she's like, and she sold her car to my sister. And she's like, I, I would rather have that one back. And it made me start thinking, I don't want to stop at a certain point. It's like, where do we stop in our life and say, this is the stopping point for my fashion, my house, everything is going to stop at this point and and nothing, I'm just going to be old and I'm going to be the same. God says, don't stay the same because I, God is, God is the same, but he does not want us to stay the same. God never changes, but he's saying, you need to change. So if I stay the same, if I stay in that spot, it's, I'm this age and this is how I've dressed and this is how my house looks and I drive the same car. God's like, try something new. Try a foreign maid. I don't care what it is, but try something new. <laughs> so we look at it and it's got, and if we stay in that, if, at, if I wanted to, I could, at 22 years old, if I stayed in that same season, I wouldn't be married now. I wouldn't have kids now. Because if I stayed there, there would be no growth. We wouldn't have this. I wouldn't have my awesome wife that's really hot and smoking. Um, so what I'm saying is, is if we stay in that stage and we say, you know what? At this age, I'm not going to change. We all know that person. They buy the same shirts. They buy exactly the same shirts and they have multiples of them. Not saying anything, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but we, we, all have, we all have things that we don't change. Like, I, there's one pair of jeans. I like to buy that one pair of jeans. And that's not bad. But what I'm saying is if we stop living life and we say, this is how it's going to be the rest of my life and everything's going to stay the same, God's like, I can't work with you because you're not moving. There's stages in our life, in our family's life, in our grandkids' life, in our, in our marriage that have to continue to grow. Because if they don't, how do you move? How do you grow? The children of Israel and Elijah and all these people were provided everything they needed daily for the stage in their life to move on to the next stage. But each day they had a fresh abundance of God. So in that, in that stage of our life, in that season of our life, there's going to be rest and there's going to be movement, whatever it is. God says, I'm going to give you abundance, but I need you to continue to move and not stay the same. The great part of this is that when God says this season's ended, 
It doesn't go, this season's ended, hallway, 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 hallway. Oh, there's the door. God says, when you walk out of that door, you're going to walk into a new door of abundance and freshness that's going to supply you and provide what you need so you don't go through a time of living in the hallway. You guys ever had a lot of people in a small hallway? I grew up in a, and we had a mobile home and it was like that wide. What I used to do is I, we used to, my, my brother and I, if we would, you know, in a, in a mobile home, there's not a lot of room to play for kids. So we'd run up and down the hallway. Every now and then you'd get a collision in the hallway and bam, there's no room. Everything gets jammed up. But God wants us to walk through the door, the exit door of the season that we're in and right through into the next door of the season that we are going into. I won't ever talk about how I played Spider-Man and climbed up the walls. We'll get into that some other time. But God wants us to go from season to season, from rest to movement, movement to rest, without having hallways, without having putting our roots down. So we say, oh, kind of like it, this rest. I love rest too, don't get me wrong. I could take a four-hour nap on a Sunday, but my wife won't let me. But God says there's a time for rest and there's a time to move. And if we stay in that rest and we settle in that rest, we basically said, God, this is as good as it's going to get for me and this is all I want from you. And we put our expectation level at this instead of this. And we can't take and grow from a spot of this to this if we stay and we settle in a spot that, we stay, that we're like, oh, it's easy here. I like it. I've accomplished this. I'm, I'm smart enough than everybody at this stage. I, I can teach everybody at this stage. But there's times of growth and maturity. God says you need to go from this stage to this stage, from this step to this step to grow. Because the seasons of rest that we have are temporary for us to grow and to go into the next season that we have. Let's pray.